Hey, this is Tommy, and before we get to the Lost Parents podcast, we forgot completely in the intro to mention all the shows that I have going on. So, if you are in the San Diego area, this Friday night, I will be performing in Camouflage at 9pm at Finest City Improv. Then, later in that evening, at around 10pm, but I would say get in there around 9.45, 9.50, we'll be doing our clown show, which is Look at What We Found. And then, next week on Tuesday, I will be performing in 10 City, which is at Torquemodo Cafe. And then after that, I will also be performing again on Friday and every Friday in Camouflage at 9 p.m. at Find a City Improv. Uh, that's about it. Now we can get on with the show. <laughs> I talk from my belly. Uh-huh. You talk from your throat. That's right. Because you are... A lady. <laughs> yes, but that's not a gender or sex specific trait. I suppose not. Many a, man, many a lady can project their voice. I've been told I'm demure. By who? <laughs> uh, one of the shows that we went to. What shows? That we went to? Yeah. It was a, Where did we go to a show? Uh, at the theater. Eric Davis, clown. Oh, Red Bastard. Yes, thank you. Red Bastard <laughs> told you that you were demure? He sure did. While he was Red Bastard? Yes, he did. <laughs> That's funny. I got excited the other day because he is, uh, I saw that he was going to be teaching at the New York Clown, uh, Clown Theater Festival uh-huh. that I'm performing in in September. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a, a website from like 2014. Like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so... Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lost Parents Podcast. We kind of got into this one a little unnatural, <laughs> <laughs> very organic. Mm. Uh, but to get to some quick business before we get started, if you'd like to donate money to us, go to patreon.com slash the lost parents. Uh, you can support us with cold, hard cash, or you can support us by just listening to us and sharing, subscribing, telling a friend, uh, liking us on your social media, and of course, rating and reviewing us on any of your podcast platforms. Also, you could support us by going to our sponsor, San Diego Gutters, sdgutters.com, and getting your gutters cleaned, or at least getting a free estimate, see if yes. it's something you're interested in. And that's only if you're in San Diego. If you're Super not in San- important, though. I just saw the headline today, California is burning. <laughs> there is a lot of fires already. A lot of fires up yeah. north, and they're predicting a pretty bad season this And year. down here, not just up north. Two, two down here, Yeah, but like 16 up north. Yeah, well, up north has more space. Yeah. They can fit more. Down here too is still a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, even if they're small. But yeah. all right, enough, enough fire talk. Fire talk. <laughs> uh, you did uh, a guest spot on a podcast. I did. I tell believe me, it's me airing tomorrow. It's called the Blossoming Mommy and Baby Podcast. Um, when you say tomorrow, do you mean Wednesday, Wednesday. or Thursday? Oh, I guess today, Wednesday. Yeah, this will be released um, on Wednesday as so well. I'll hopefully, have the link for you, and we can put it in the show notes. Yes. And we just talked about surrogacy, both from the mama standpoint and as a surrogate mama standpoint. So it was a lovely conversation. Super nice. Uh, I got good feedback on our surrogacy podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A lot of people really like that one. Oh, good. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So was there anything else? Anything else that we usually promote at the top of the show? Nope. Mm, no, not really. I guess if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at The Lost Parents mm-hmm. uh, for Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's The Lost Parent. <laughs> Leave, leave off the, the last, last S for sanctimony. Sanctimony. I don't know. I'm just. It's, I'm just improvising. I went the with first... sugar in my head. You went with sanctimony. I couldn't even define sanctimony, <laughs> but I'm going with the first S sanctimony? word. Sanctimony. Like, what the hell does that mean? Isn't that like the uh, 
the word for a, a, a mom who looks down on other moms. Oh, you didn't make your cake from scratch. Like is, kind of a sanctimony. Is, is that what that is? <laughs> I think so. Jesus Christ, Nicole. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learned something. I'm just improvising the first S word that comes to my mind for mm. that stupid bit that we do. <laughs> anyway, uh, today's topic is how do you talk to your kids about death? And we'll give a caveat on this that it's also, there's no death. No, nobody, nobody died. died. Nobody died for making this podcast. Uh, something funny happened. I'll let you tell it because you told. Yes, you, you, don't we need to talk about what happened last week too? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. We're just letting everybody know what they're gotcha. in for. But before we get to that, we'll talk about what happened. <laughs> this last is not week. going to be a heavy podcast, despite what it sounds like. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're sipping sambuca and and chatting. It's yeah. like uh, so. Nobody died for this podcast. Um, Ellis asked a, a silly question. Ellis asked a funny question that spur- that spurned spurned. Uh, sparked. sparked this idea to, for this podcast, and we realized better to have a conversation about how to talk to kids about death when nobody's died, rather take than take the emotion out of it. Yeah, rather than yeah. us talking about it, if like you know we lost somebody and God then we have to come on here and pod. It feels a little callous to podcast about that right afterwards. So yes. we felt this is a podcast we can do now because mm-hmm. nobody's died, and hopefully, knock on knock on wood, we don't <laughs> uh, we aren't uh, bringing on any bad juju. Yes. Uh, but as you so aptly corrected me, we are supposed to be talking about last week's results mm-hmm. or last week's podcast. So why don't you remind our audience what happened last week? So last week we talked about how to host an epic Nerf party. And uh, Jackson had his 10th birthday party, a small gathering of his uh, close guy friends from school. And we had an epic Nerf party at the local park. Why no girlfriends? I, I mean, I think plenty of young I, ladies enjoy I Nerf. I think girls st- are still icky. He wanted this to be small. He didn't want like a oh, big thing. Oh, just oh, like his oh, close to him. I guy see. friends. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And they had a lot of fun. They had a lot, a lot of fun. It was a lot of work on our part, but... Um, it was a lot of work. And what's funny is it was originally my idea to do something that would be cheaper, and it was definitely more expensive. Yeah. I would love to add it up and see if what we spent, how it compared to... Because there's a company that'll come and set the whole thing up for you. I'm just curious How to much see. do they charge? Uh, I want to say it was a few hundred. A few? 300? 345 that would have been worth it that would have been so worth it um that would have been so worth it we spent way more than that yeah well we didn't spend more than that on the the stuff that we purchased like right we still would have ended up having to pay for the park the we food, have to pay for the, the food. park yeah so yeah and now we have all this stuff so let's uh just go through things that we made real fast mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so the first part of it, we did a little bit of a like a training course, if you will. So we had um, army crawl where we had uh, sp- um, spikes put in the ground and then we wound. Spikes some... were dowels that we shaved down to have be spikes. Right. So they were maybe a foot, a foot and a half off the ground. Yeah. And we put um, twine. We wound it around the different spikes to make like a web or netting across they would the have top to of it. They do like an army crawl, crawl underneath. underneath. That um, fell apart pretty fast. Yeah. The, the little kids, Ellis and his friends had a blast with it. They were rolling down the hill trying to get themselves all tangled up in the netting. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's fun. good. They yeah. used it. Um, we made a couple of... Um, hurdles. Hurdles for them to jump over. A couple of target games. When the we hurdles were made... At, it was the, let's, not move Windy. Fo- let's not move forward, though. The hurdles were made of... Pool uh, noodles. Pool noodles. And again, we took dowels and shaved the corners, off, the ends off of them and put them as spikes in the ground. Mm-hmm. And then the pool noodles, we wrapped over those like the upside down letter U. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... I found was they were a little too high Mm -hmm. to be hurdles and they were actually better to be crawled through Mm -hmm. when Jackson had a great idea of doing like side to side runs through them. You could do either or whatever it was, whatever was comfortable for you. And then we also had pool noodles that were uh, turned 
into the letter O. Like circles. Circles. And we we Duct threaded a big dowel up through the center. No, of no, it. no. I'm talking about the foot one. The foot the, the running. Oh, pads. like like um tires that you kind of what's, what do they call it? Like the I, football I, players that kinda They kinda like they run with their legs yeah, through one the, in each hole. One in each hole. It's like hopscotch. Yeah. Tire hopscotch. Mm -hmm. This was like pool, pool noodle, noodle hopscotch. hopscotch. <laughs> yeah. And we would just make circles with the pool noodles and use duct tape to and tape them up. Connect them together. Connect them all together and it made like a, a hop. There's got to be a better word for that. I'm telling you, there's there's some football word for that. Yeah, I, I can't remember I don't know what it, what it is. is. Quick feet, hot feet, something like that. I don't think it's called quick feet or hot feet in football. Watch, it's going to be quick foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we put, uh, yes, then what you were saying was we made lollipops, which are like long dowels with a round pool noodle at the end that uh, they could shoot through again we spiked the dowels into the ground yeah so that the lollipops were up off the ground and they could shoot through and i feel like we're getting something else so uh, that was a, the training run oh, i felt yeah. the training run was underutilized by the older kids but it was more well utilized by the little by the kids. little ones yeah. ellis had a couple of friends there yeah so it can be entertained so then we had uh a kind of like a battle zone mm -hmm. the battle zone we had two to two goals mm -hmm. the goals were basically two by fours that were we cut one foot lengths off of a i don't know those were probably eight foot two by fours mm -hmm. one foot lengths off an eight eight foot two by four or maybe six I'm sorry foot. who cut the lengths off the two nicole by four? did nicole yes. nicole did great no, <laughs> i learned no, no. how to use a power saw <laughs> yeah you did you did really good using the power saw you didn't cut anybody nope. or yourself uh you didn't Have break all my fingers it. you didn't you didn't hit the concrete steps nope yeah no you did a good job so uh you basically you cut a foot you, you cut four one-foot sections off of a, like, a six-foot two-by-four. Mm -hmm. You put them into, like, a star shape at the bottom of the, of the, of the, the, long, the piece that's still long. Mm -hmm. You screw them in to create a base. Cut the top at a diagonal, throw the bucket on top of that, and then screw it into there. Yep. And we used two buckets. We used one from Home Depot for orange and one from Lowe's for blue. And, then we, there were two different and then we painted the, the, the two-by-fours also to be blue and orange mm -hmm. because those are kind of the colors of Nerf also. Mm -hmm. And we kind of made everything blue and orange themed. Uh, those, I felt, worked well. Mm -hmm. We created also bunkers around them where we took long dowels and put garbage bags over those mm -hmm. dowels to create like a uh, like mini walls mm -hmm. about the size of an extended garbage bag. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of unnecessary. They, they used it. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They ducked they behind playing. them? Yeah. And the, we had a couple of um, big moving boxes, cardboard boxes that we taped together in assorted fashions and they kind of played on that. Yeah. Um, that worked okay. Yeah. But a lot of it, they just wanted to run around and, and play. Yeah. You, there were a couple of times they, they were trying to take, um, they wanted to... Uh, storm another party that had a bounce house i swear to god it was like a lord of the flies at one point they were like plotting how they were going to take over this other party i was like no i knew they were up to no good that's why i said i didn't want them going down the hill because i didn't I want them to plan they, they there was a couple down there like a, a, a man and a woman yeah. on a plane you know about this oh yeah they had a lot of fun the cup i went down to apologize to the couple and they were very gracious okay one of the other kids um or a couple of the other kids went down there to defend them so they they the couple got a kick out of it they had their little bodyguards and <laughs> it that's was fun crazy well um, kids they have imaginations yeah that's fun um i wish i had an imagination like that i i feel like i'm always afraid of getting in trouble mm -hmm. always I've always been afraid of getting yeah, in trouble, and I'm always afraid of getting in trouble. And pissing other people off. I would never go up to somebody I didn't know and start shooting them with Nerf. No. No, I don't know. No. But, but they were, I mean, that. I don't. what side of that equation was Jackson on? Probably the good side. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. He knows. Okay. He's a good kid. All right, fine. Um, what else about this Nerf party went off well or not? I think the whole thing went pretty well. Um, the food was good. They ate. 
Food was good. We ordered too much food. Thank God. I'd rather have too much than not enough. But we didn't need an extra three foot of hero. Right, but we didn't know how many people were coming. Yeah, I guess so. I'd rather be prepared. I feel like parents don't stay. You know, you're always concerned that parents are going to stay. They don't. Sometimes I just want to be prepared. Because sometimes people do stay. Yeah. The other bowling party that we went to, every parent was still there. They all ate. Do they have booze? No. Oh, they might have. They might have. I bet they did. I bet you parents, the, the ratio of parents that stay is higher when there's booze. Yeah. But I was also concerned with, because there was a $10 parking fee to get in. I was concerned yeah. that parents were going to not want to, I didn't know if it was a park all day or park twice kind of thing. Uh-huh. I didn't know if they'd want to park twice if they had Did to. Did they have to pay to park if they were just dropping their kids off? I believe off? so. Really? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That's, that's kind of Unless shitty. they lived in Poway. Hmm. Do, do they? I don't know. I don't know either. Some of them probably do. Yeah. All right. But well, anyway. I mean, overall, I think it was an epic party. Yep. We I also we... Hired, hired two babysitters to help keep an eye on things, which I think they were the un, unsung heroes. I think they were fantastic. If you do, that's oh, I do. good. I do. Without without question. I don't, I, I don't know how necessary it was because it felt like we were uh, a bunch of times watching the kids ourselves, you know, especially the baby. Mm-hmm. But I only had, had to, I only had my eyes on him a handful of times. That's and it good. Really, really. I really didn't go clean up. The I really didn't. And, yeah. And do okay. the other things that needed to get done. No, that's good. I know. Um, I'm always looking to save a buck. Yeah, I know. But this was well worth it. <laughs> um, so t- for today's podcast, we're talking about the death. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you tell why so we're talking Ellis, about death? We are sitting down to dinner and Ellis comes up to me and he says, Mom. When you die and they bury you, do they take all the skin off your bones first? Did you, I, I thought you said peel. Oh, do they peel off the peel all the skin <laughs> off your bones first? It's a difference. There's a difference when a kid asks, "Take off your bones or peel off your bones?" Peel off, peel because, off your skin, not peel your off your, bones. Or, peel your skin off your bones yeah. because uh, that's him visualizing it. I know it's so gross. That's him. Vi- I kind of had to like swallow my vomit. There's for a, a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between like, do they take it off? Thinking like they like. They must remove it somehow. Yeah. When he says peel, he's already thought it through. I know. It's like Hannibal Lecter. I, yeah. I was kind of like, oh, God, is he a sociopath? But then I realized when he was talking about like skeletons, he didn't understand how how a body becomes a skeleton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You sure. know? So sure. like what that process Because he is. sees, what is he, does he see? He sees skeletons in like Halloween, TV and Halloween. And, yeah. you know, Indiana Jones, they find skeletons in places. So and he, we, and he knows what bones are. Yeah. Dra- yeah. Jurassic so Park. he didn't, he didn't understand how that happened. And it came <laughs> out as. <laughs> That's great. Oh, that child. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a pisser. He's got okay. an imagination. All right. So, uh, so we felt like that was funny and it made us think about like death and how do you talk to kids about death and like that was one of those i don't know happy moments of like being able to talk to him about mm-hmm. something without it being surrounded by negativity and yeah bad emotion or fear mm-hmm. you know um there was a little bit of fear on my part <laughs> on your part that is. <laughs> um i don't know i i think that the easiest way to talk to kids about death is to talk about it very frankly often and open. frankly uh, open and often and uh to have pets because pets die yeah i think if you have pet like bella was the hardest mm-hmm. you know he was he was five, five. it's only six six months ago yeah. yeah but even at five he didn't really process it that no. much but he still he got something and if if you are exposed to it early and often 
Mm-hmm. You, you tend to not be affected as yeah. much by it. I think. Well, it's funny because like I don't think he was affected. I don't. I don't think he was affected as much when she actually passed because I don't think he understood it. But I'm starting to see it now. He he brings her up quite a bit and talks mm. about how he misses her and. Um, well, because it's like a seed that's planted in yeah. a five year old's brain that starts to grow and they become six and they're like, oh, that's what they mean. Yeah. She's never coming back. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, if you, he gets it. Like he, you don't he understands under, yeah, now you, what that means. When you're five, you don't understand yeah. what never is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, she's dead. Okay. Right. Yeah. We'll see, we'll, see her, we'll see her when she gets home. I know I'm supposed to be sad, but I don't why? even think he knows that. Yeah. yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't even pick up. Like when we went to the, the, at the vet to put Bella down, he didn't react like, I know. He I'm tried to, to make himself cry though. Did he? Yeah. Where was I? Probably crying yourself. <laughs> he was playing toys in the. But lobby. there was a couple points in the. Um, I don't remember if we were in the vet that those two days were kind of a blur. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of points where he was trying to make himself feel sad, but he just he he couldn't. He didn't understand. Yeah. How do you think you should talk to kids about death? I don't. I you know. You probably don't. <laughs> openly and honestly, no. It's just it's hard. It's really hard. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things that I don't think I really know how I feel about death, which makes it even more difficult to. What do you mean you don't know how you feel about it? Well, because I think emotionally, it's, emotionally, it's it's still very scary and and uncomfortable. You talking about your own death, my own death, and their death, and oh. our parents' death, and you know, um, it's just an uncomfortable thing to talk about, and it's I don't know, it's hard to have that conversation with your kids. I guess you know something that we're going to stumble upon here that I didn't even anticipate is the whole afterlife and religious aspects mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily know how to talk about that either that's a whole other a whole other podcast <laughs> well it's a whole other uh ep- um oh god damn it why can't i think of the word episode no not episode season yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a whole season to talk about something like that yeah. that's a lot of heavy stuff yeah. You know, how do you how do you feel about religion in and of itself is multiple sessions of talking, the afterlife, Ooh. what you th- you know, what's re- real, what's what's just stories, you especially know, since we're not an overly religious family where we have that No, not I don't I would say that we're back on. I, okay, I would I would say that we're not overly religious. Um but I wouldn't say that we're not like introspective. Yes, but w- my point is we're not like, like Christians where we have a defined afterlife that we yeah, refer to. And, and the, the problem here's my, the the problem that most I think I think that you know that most religious people have with this stuff is that they don't really know how to square the corners of being religious and not necessarily believing in the supernatural not necessarily supernatural but like like it's super easy if you're religious and you just say mm-hmm. heaven but if you're religious but you're also kind of s- not skeptical but you look at like like you can be religious and still have no idea what heaven is and if you're a deep thinker then you might be like well this is clearly like religion's a good thing i believe in this i believe in a god but this description of heaven was written by man, and I'm not 100% certain if that's... But there's still a structure there to fall back on. There's still something that you can you, you can bounce your ideas around. You know, whether or not you believe it or how much you believe or, or to what degree, mm-hmm. there's still that concept there. Yeah. When you don't have a religion that you're practicing, there's a complete void of 
that. No, there's not because you have a. Re- I mean, there is if you don't have a religion that you're practicing or that you know of, but you know enough of different religions that you can piece together your own i like it's not like you're in the, it's not like when you stop believing in a religion you don't know about their ideas of, of no but i like how many ideas are there oh probably there's afterlife right like like the heaven is reincarnation the void nothing there's nothingness just it ends and you're dead and there's no there's no but i'm sure there's other there's there's um well the most of the eastern philosophies philosophies Go ahead, say normally now. Philosophy, philosophies. Mm. Uh, most of the Eastern philosophies ha- are reincarnation philosophies, right? Like Buddhism, mm. Hinduism. I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure those are reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, then the the Abrahamic religions are afterlife, mm-hmm. um, and that would be Judaism, Catholicism, Christianity, and or Christianity, Islam, and Islam. Yeah. yeah. I said Catholicism, I should say Christianity. Um, And that pretty much encompasses a whole lot of the people on this planet, what Mm -hmm. they believe. And if you, and and other religions have maybe different concepts and then there's other. But that's if you go towards a religious after 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 death. Right. You know, if if you're not, I'm sure there's infinite other things that can happen after, after death too, no? Yeah, sure. Taking out the religious aspect okay so like let's say you die and you live your entire life over again Mm -hmm. and you're stuck in some sort of a weird or you go to another universe or you go to yeah that's that's now those things aren't necessarily religious things although there might be some like scientology or whatever Mm -hmm. other religions that are you know believe in like different out there stuff like that too all all legitimate of course possible and any no more or less legitimate than any other idea that's Mm -hmm. concocted by another human mind right yeah yeah absolutely so you've got a pretty wide breadth of but making the decision on what you believe i think is just more difficult well you don't but the thing but the okay so again like if we're answering this question before we turn to the internet if we say that being open and honest seems to be the right way to go it's like telling our kids there's a lot of things that people think happen but nobody really knows oh of course and um i just personally i like having an idea of how i feel about something before i talk to the kids about it you know like but do you have an idea no i don't and that's so, why i think it's difficult for me because i i don't know and i and i say i don't know but it's it's just it makes it uncomfortable for me but isn't that a good answer it's probably a good answer for them it sucks for me though but don't you feel like like you're you give i don't know as an answer as though it's a bad answer to something it's a legitimate answer. It is a legitimate, Recognize, but I think that's hard for kids to But to what I'm saying is though. think about all the people out there that insist that they know, and they, they really don't know any more than you know, but they believe, they insist. But so you're giving for a child? Like, is it easier for a child to understand the concept of heaven and that we'll see them again one day? And Or, like, does that does that give a child comfort when they're grieving that, I don't know, I don't know if we'll ever see them again? is is difficult for them to hear and, and process like yeah. does it affect their grieving pattern i don't i don't know i i, I think that the que- the question then becomes is it better to take care uh to, to shelter a child not shelter, to, to make their grieving help, pattern work help them help yeah. them grieve help them through that difficult time i don't know 
I don't know. This is these are some this is some heavy shit. I don't really know. Our light conversation just got very dark very quick. Not dark. It's not very dark. Heavy, it's quickly. heavy. It's a heavy conversation. But imagine if you were trying to deal with this conversation or the or this brainstorm while dealing with having just put the kids to bed mm-hmm. crying because we came home from a funeral and they mm-hmm. don't understand and we're trying to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I think it's important to have pets that die mm-hmm. or to talk about this in some way with your kids earlier than. When it when it's when acute, it yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and I think having pets is the easiest way because having pets gives you something con- you con- pra- practice practice concrete. Yeah. It's concrete, and and it's not even like I I think that like somebody like like a, ch- a five year old is going to have the same reaction to a dog dying that they're going to to have a grandmother die. Mm-hmm. But they'll understand the severity of it more if they have a dog die when they're five and then when they're six or seven, a, a grandparent dies mm-hmm. or somebody else. Nobody's right? dying. Nobody's dying. <laughs> Nobody's dying. No, no, no. Not, not, no. Well, I mean, it just gives our grandparents except all a year. Us, except all of us. But, uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that's, I think that's enough. I think we, we need to, to go. <laughs> I think we have to go. I think we have to go and see. Answers. Because I think our, I think my conclusion, and I think your conclusion, is I don't know. Mm-hmm. And our solution is to talk to them early and honestly about it and to have have a thing that helps, helps us ha- make that happen, like a, an animal that dies. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think that's as far as we what we have. And now we need to see what... The Googles tell us. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And I'll tell you something. Even though there's nobody that's uh, passed away recently that has been the spark for this podcast, <laughs> I'm really happy there hasn't been. <laughs> it's making you this sad. This has been a sad podcast yeah, either <laughs> way. It's hard to, it's hard to think it's about hard this It's to talk stuff. about. Yeah. Um, I found a... A few articles, but I got rid of all of them, and I went with the one on FredRogers.org because hmm. I felt like who better to talk to you about death and than Mister Rogers? Mr. Rogers. <laughs> um, what's yours? It's called Dealing with Death. <laughs> Dealing with Death with Mister Rogers. Oh yeah. goodness gracious! Mine is How to Talk to Kids About Death from the Child Development Institute. How many, now, you when we were reading them, you said you had a lot of bullet points. So it's not necessarily just bullet points like tips, but mm-hmm. there's a couple of different sections problems that make discussing death difficult. Okay. Um, developmental stages of understanding. Um, tips for talking to preschoolers or young children about death, um, religion, that kind of stuff. Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to go through mine first and then you could do yours. Okay. Because I think yours is going to be a little bit more in depth. Mm -hmm. Dealing with death. So first thing, children are curious. They naturally want to know what they can see or touch or do. Uh, if they, they and they might have questions like, if we sat grandma up in the casket, what would happen? Like, Ooh. yeah, like, <laughs> and it's again, it's like the, the creepy stuff that Ella says, mm-hmm. you know, like, do they peel the skin off? That's just their curiosity, right? That's just them in, I mean, we, working we, out a problem in their brain because we forget that they don't come from this world, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not, still learning, they're still learning, they're not of this place, they're mm-hmm. like, they, they're just trying to use child logic to figure out their environment, mm-hmm. you know, um. So I think just having patience with them and asking all these questions and then letting them know that like uh, things like, no, you can't 
go to the bathroom anymore when you're dead. You mm-hmm. can't, uh, you don't need a bed anymore. You don't, like, you don't peel the skin off their face. You don't peel the skin <laughs> off their face to reveal the skeletons. <laughs> Uh, this is one of the hardest things for a kid is to understand the finality of it. Yeah, you know, and like it, because it's hard for grownups too. Yeah, but it's it's but but we recognize that like you know, Uncle Vic's not going to be at the next party, right? Right. It's like we we know when he's when a family member dies, they're not coming to the next. A kid doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. They think like is you know can can Johnny come to next year? Mm-hmm. Like they like they don't understand what forever means, and that takes some time for them to learn. Uh, this is they might also be curious what dead looks like. Um, some parents are concerned that seeing an open casket would traumatize their child. I remember when Victoria, my sister, was a babe, was a kid. Mm-hmm. She wanted so badly to oh, see a yeah. dead body. She just wanted, like, she wanted to know what it was. And and I get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is an interesting uh, point too. They talk about how like words can be confusing. Yes, that you know you can't you can't use things like it's just like going to sleep mm-hmm. and they're fine or or uh, you know they talk about heaven and heaven's up in the sky, but you know well then why are we putting our ant in the ground? You right. know and and so like a lot of time like daddy's in heaven watching over you, but that then they think kind like oh well, but they think we you know again they're using kid logic mm-hmm. which is pretty stupid but it's still kid logic it's like oh when we go up in an airplane can i talk to him then it's like mm-hmm. no 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 <laughs> heaven's not it's up but it's not up but that's a metaphor blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, and that's what i'm saying like that's probably harder for a family like if we don't necessarily believe in a heaven in that way it's easier for us to just tell a kid we don't know mm-hmm. or if we if we if we just don't know and we've explored different religions and different philosophies and we just don't we agree that we don't know we could say look these here are all the things that could happen but we really don't know mm-hmm. but if you believe in a religion and you think it's easier to just tell kids that it's in heaven now the kids are like well where's heaven you're like it's in the sky they're like what the fuck it's in the sky <laughs> well let's get him out of the sky let's hang out Aww. you know so it's like you're you you have to figure out how to to communicate your belief in a religion or even a philosophy to a kid who's probably going to ask you questions that are going to challenge your beliefs. Sure. Right? Absolutely. So I think it's easier for us to believe, not necessarily believe in nothing, but to be confused as as fuck. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Each child reacts differently. So be expecting that Mm -hmm. some of them might cry. Some of them might be Ellis. (laughs) He doesn't give a shit at the time. (laughs) Um, Poor little Ellis. Well, he was a he was also five. Five year olds are, are it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough age. Yeah, a lot going on at that age. Uh, expressing feelings. So yeah, when children are four or five, their aggressive urges are very strong. Child happens to be angry, uh, and and that. Angry with a parent, and that a parent happens to die, the child can have a terrible struggle. Okay, oh, that's pretty rough shit. Okay, we don't have any, <laughs> we don't have any problems with our kids, and and, and I, I I don't plan on dying anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, but I get, I get, I get it, I get it. That's let's move <laughs> along. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Uh, children may also be angry, blah, blah, blah. but some children might not be angry at all and might just not react to it. Mm-hmm. So it's just I think you have to, you know. I think you got to deal with it how you deal with it. You have to deal with the kid on a case by case basis, mm-hmm. and of course, there get help if you need it, it. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Always, you know, reach out for professional help if mm-hmm. that's what's necessary. Don't listen to fucking yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and get help even if you don't think it's necessary. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a kid talk to a counselor. This was something interesting. Don't get uncomfortable 
or, or some, it doesn't say don't, it says some parents are uncomfortable when their children play about death right after a family member has died. Mm. But that's a good thing. It's it's actually a way that kids process sure. is through play. They've so helps they, them get through it. Yeah. So they might, um, yeah. So just don't let that, that freak you out. Um, and then this, this goes into the parents' needs and feelings. Uh, it could hard, be hard to know what the kids needs, but it might also be hard to know what you need. So, you know, things like hugging, talking, having quiet time together, like you can have to test it out and mm-hmm. see what, what works for you. Um, you get having all sorts of feelings, sadness, loneliness, anger, guilt, and just recognizing that it's natural mm-hmm. and that it's normal and that you have to process that stuff together. Um, it's the grieving process. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, what's also kind of nice is that it's just natural, mm-hmm. right? Like, like unless you have real, issues like you know terrible things like abuse issues or mm-hmm. like 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 and you know bad relationship issues you know in a regular run-of-the-mill relationship if somebody dies you you go through natural stages of grieving and it's like a natural thing like anything else in life that's natural mm-hmm. and so just recognizing that this is normal is probably one of the best things that you could do is mm-hmm. recognize that this, this will pass, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and things will get better. Um, and then, uh, it says, and then the final thing is responding to children's questions. And, uh, sooner or later, most kids will ask, will you die mommy? You know, will you mm-hmm. die daddy? And with honesty and confidence, we can say something like, I hope to be alive a long, long time. Uh, but no matter what, there'll always be somebody to take care of mm-hmm. you. We make sure, you know, you gotta be honest and then also make them feel safe. Recognize what their yeah. fears really are. And I don't think that it necessarily is a good thing to make them feel safe by... Lying to them. By li- lying to them or or just feeding them something about heaven that you don't believe. Mm-hmm. If you believe it, great. Find a way to communicate it that doesn't freak them out or that doesn't give them even more questions. But if you don't believe in it, then... I don't think you have anything to fear by being honest with them. I don't think it's a good idea if you don't believe in a heaven to go and tell your kids that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that makes any sense. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. What's your article about, Lady? So the first section is problems that make discussing death uh, difficult. So number one is we avoid talking about things that upset us, <laughs> which we've already done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel uncomfortable when we don't have all the answers which we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. And death is a a taboo subject. Um, So it's difficult just to talk about. Um, And then developmental stages of understanding, which I think is super important too. Like you have to look at your kid and kind of where they are in their development in order to know how to approach it. So a preschooler child um, will see death as temporary, irreversible, or reversible, excuse me, and personal. Um, So they have a different understanding than an adolescent who really gets it. Um, talking uh, with death, talking about death with young children. Um, and a lot of this is actually stuff that you you um, already brought up. So they learn through repetition. They may need to bring it up a number of times. Um, may take time for them to understand. I think, and again, I think the repetition, what makes it easier to get um, that repetition mm-hmm. in is getting animals that die. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... A kid, a kid, a young kid especially, can't really differentiate much between an adult and a, a puppy. Sure. You know, they like they 
they'll they'll not i mean they'll certainly love their parents more than they're going to love uh a gecko but when the gecko dies they they have to deal with the same grieving yeah Mm -hmm. and they start to realize that that's that's what's going to happen to everybody yep um there are also moments when we have trouble understanding what children are asking of us a question that may seem dreadfully thoughtless to an adult may be a child's request for reassurance or peeling off the skin something like that (laughs) (laughs) um Let's see. Being cared for is a realistic, practical concern. Um, check which words you're using. So um, avoid the euphemisms for sleep. They died in their sleep. Eternal rest. Rest in peace. Um, you can end up terrifying a child who thinks he's going to go to bed and not wake up also. Um, I, can, I can imagine that being scary. Yeah. Do you remember death when you were a kid? I do. I remember losing a great-grandparent when I was six. Really? Yeah. Uh, um, when do you make your first communion? Second grade. Or I did in second grade. Is that I don't know if that's standard. <laughs> second grade is... I was eight, that's I think. seven, eight. eight. That's when I lost my great-grandmother, Aggie's mom, mm-hmm. my grandmother's mom, my mom's grandmother. It was my mom's grandmother also. Yeah. Yeah. And that was... That was the first time that I felt like I'm supposed to feel bad, mm-hmm. but I... Don't. I don't remember feeling. I remember sitting in church and crying. Do you? Yeah. Really? But I don't. I don't know if I really understood no, it. I don't remember any of that. But I do remember that feeling of like this is a sad time. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I, I didn't feel like I had that the the level of sadness that justified what everybody else seemed to be feeling. And yeah. I've usually felt that. <laughs> and I didn't have pets when I was a kid. I didn't either until we got older. You know what the first pet that I had to deal with the death of was Bella. Bella. Me too. Yeah, six months ago. Me too. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not true. I, I definitely, well, yeah, I, okay. So I had other pets that died, but they were also like lizards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was older. Mm-hmm. I was like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. I had two cats too, but by the time they passed, I was out of the house for so long that yeah. I loved them and they were my yeah, pets, but they weren't in my, my daily circle. They weren't so it your, wasn't as They, they weren't in your close. immediate anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Uh, what was I saying? Also, what else? Um, be careful what you're associating death with. Um, so, for example, illness. You don't want a child to think that they're going to get a cold and die from a cold. <laughs> um, also, same thing with, no, <laughs> with old they're, age. They're, they're not stupid. Their logic is so ridiculous, though. But I get it. I get it. In old age, it can become very confused when they learn that young people or kids can die, too. Um, Jackson, actually, we saw um, on the news tonight, there was a little girl, the daughter of daughter, toddler daughter of a um, an Olympian who passed away, who drowned. Yeah. And Jackson Bodie, was... Bodie Miller? Yeah, Jackson Bodie was Miller's heartbroken. Daughter. He just kept saying, it's not fair. That's no. not fair. That's not fair. So he's starting to, he's starting to get it. He understands that kids can die. And well, he's going to be ten next week. Yeah, he's, he's at ten the next age. week in two days. Oh, that, uh, this is next week. Shit, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, that's in two days on Thursday. Um, religious reference. It's a real source of strength. Um, but if religion has not played a part in your child's life before, it can be confusing and worrisome to hear yeah. religious references. That's what I'm saying. Um, and then just have opportunities to talk um, with children about death. Um, they are attending a funeral, mourning, um, all those things that kind of come up, having a pet. Yeah. And that was it. All right. Well, we solved another one, Nicole. Yeah. We solved, we solved, <laughs> we solved this one way in advance of needing this information. And there will be no follow-up next week. So <laughs> Unless, <laughs> oh, I hope nothing, I hope nobody or nothing dies this week. I know. Uh, that's, they won't. That's rough. 
It's rough. Maybe somebody famous. It's sad that Anthony Bourdain passed oh, away. I don't even, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that, that, that was a shocker. Anytime somebody dies of suicide, I think it's very sad. Yeah. I, I told, and you know, I told you that uh, today I, I read, I, I saw this guy pop up on my Facebook feed that was one of the f- very few people that jumped mm-hmm. off the Golden Gate Bridge to commit suicide mm-hmm. and wound up surviving and the Coast Guard got to mm-hmm. him. But he said that uh, he, he was walking on the bridge and people were just walking back and forth like they do. And he just finally did it. And he, he ran and he used his two hands to catapult himself off the side of the bridge. And he said the millisecond that his hands left the bridge, he immediately regretted yeah. it. And he immediately realized that, 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 I forgot what he said, but it was something along the lines of like, he immediately had this realization that nobody would ever know that he regretted it. And he mm-hmm. actually did want to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just that nobody knew his pain or whatever it was. And then he said he hit the water and it was the most painful thing he had ever experienced in his life. Mm. It was like to hit that water, but he lived yeah. and, and now he, he helps people. Mm-hmm. And what's sad is like somebody like Anthony Bourdain, um, I don't know if you get the same, like that same millisecond feeling after you kick the chair out from underneath you or whatever it is that you do. Um, and it's a shame. It's a shame that like more people can't have that realization and it's then, a shame that you that's that's how your life ends is with that guilt and regret yeah and, and sadness yeah I, also though i do I, I did i did see somebody post something recently that said something along the lines of you know suicide is definitely a sad thing when you're a kid you mm-hmm. know or a teenager or something like that because you don't realize that life can get better mm-hmm. but when you're a 61 year old person and you live six decades and you still are contemplating it. Why shouldn't you have the right to mm-hmm. to just choose how to end your experience? Sure, that's a whole nother subject. Yeah, <laughs> but, I'm going to cut you off right there. <laughs> but uh, I think today, with the very simple subject of how to talk to your children about death, yeah. parentheses, nobody died in the making of this podcast. <laughs> close parentheses. I think we've answered the question. I hope so. So uh, here's to another lost parents episode. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, please. Share, subscribe, like, love, uh, and rate and review on your platforms. Send us some love. This is a, a tough, yeah, <laughs> tough one. Send, and you know what? The, you could send us your green love through patreon.com slash the lost parents. <laughs> that would that makes us feel so loved, honored, and respected. <laughs> um, and uh, of course, you could follow us on all social media at the lost parents, except for that Twitter, which is the lost parent. Leave off the last S for sanctimony. That's what I said earlier. I know. <laughs> okay. So, a callback. Really, okay. Oh, good job. Look at mm. you, comedy lady. I know. Um, I got the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's it for this. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Do you know what that's from? No. Jerry Springer. Oh, that's right. That's right. I should have heard that. <laughs> Love you, baby. Love you. Love you.